Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 38. We are continuing our discussion about inner healing today with a focus on some of the obstacles we might face. Um, Before we begin, I just wanted to thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Um, An easy way to support what we're doing here is to subscribe to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast, leave a review, and share with others. Thank you so much. Greetings, father. Greetings, daughter. I know the last couple times you've asked an icebreaker question, so I thought it was only fair if I asked the question this (laughs) time. Kind of put you on the spot, Bridget. (laughs) All right, all right. Yes. Well, one of the things people may not know about you is that you are a uh, a novelist in your spare time, and you uh, wrote a beautiful novel that you shared with the family uh, last Christmas, and um, are working on some other ones. And you go to conferences with other people. You got some friends who do this. So I'm going to ask what uh, you know out of your um, you know friendship circle. There is there you know like I want to ask you to compare your friends. Who's your favorite author? But it's like, (laughs) but the question. you know, in the last couple of years, uh, what's one novel that uh, really stood out to you that you liked? Oh, one novel. Or one author. Start with an author, then you can narrow it down. How's that? All right. Oh, wow. First person who comes to mind is Nadine Brandis. She writes uh, young adult books. Um, she's got dystopian, historical fantasy, and fantasy. And she is just a solid woman of God. Uh, she's so fabulous. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. Nadine Brandis. Yeah, and um, she's got like uh, nicknames for her kids on, oh, on yes. Instagram. What, what, what? Oh, um, Halfling and... Does the um, whole Lord of the Rings Yeah, thing, yeah, right? no, she does the whole... Yeah, her first... Her, uh, her her first child, his nickname is Halfling, and okay, yeah. it's wonderful. So, um, yeah, she loves. Actual name, but yeah, yeah, that no. is not her. That's not his actual <laughs> name. But yes, she's a big Lord of the Rings fan, and um, I don't know. I I like a lot of her books for different reasons. One of the ones that sticks out to me a lot is Fox, um, which is about like Guy Fox, yeah. and and so again, it's a YA, a, a young adult historical fantasy, and she does some interesting interesting things with yeah. analogies with God, and yeah. Well, we could have a whole podcast just on novels you've read. Yeah. And, uh, How about you? I'm going to turn it back on you real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I tend to read historical fiction novels are my favorite kinds. And uh, recently I've been found this guy, Brian Godwa, who's written like Watch The Watchers and Nephilim <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's fun just to, uh, you know, get in touch uh, with things that are... Uh, looking at the world a little bit different, but still have a connection to the Bible at some level. So that's been fun to, you know, see his take on all that. Fun. Well, um, thank you for Watchers that. Watchers and Nephilim. Yeah, well, how, I mean, what well, is perfect, uh, perfect segue into talking about what we're doing. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, last episode, we introduced a heavier topic of inner healing. And we're just going to go heavier today, but then we'll we'll, we'll come back out of it. So, um First, why don't we say, where can people get more information? So the when we talk about inner healing, the core book is Understanding the Wounded Heart. That, that's the book that presents wounds, lies, vows, stronghold, pattern, and then talks about the four tools and explains the real prayer process. So that's the core book. Connected to that book is a little booklet called Real Prayer in a, a guide to emotional healing. And that was designed to be sort of like the steps to freedom to go with understanding the wounded heart. If you just want to walk somebody through the real prayer process, here's everything you need to kind of get started with that. 
And then if they want to go deeper, School of Ministry is where you can actually get trained on how to do this kind of prayer ministry. Um, and if you're looking for help personally, uh, just start at the website, go to uh, under the more tab, you go to referrals, and we got a page with some networks that help you get started in looking for some help. So to be clear, we are not a counseling ministry. We, we don't a, have counselors on a campus or anything like that. No, so the referral I, page would be... And I'm not taking, you know, uh, people at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just so they're clear. So and, and the point of a referral network is to help people get started in looking. It's not, We can't possibly sign off on everybody and say, yeah, we've vetted them completely because... Uh, but they've at least let us know that they do this. Mm-hmm. Very good. So as we get into this topic of of inner healing um, and obstacles we might face, let's start with just what are some of the typical obstacles? So, you know, you might appreciate this, I don't know, but the, the it, stereotypically, the people have the most trouble in connecting to Jesus and feeling like they get any kind of connection are middle-aged white males. <laughs> so, so being someone who's just past middle age, probably into my uh, elder years here, I could connect to that a lot. And I think one of the reasons for this is 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 getting past the stereotype. The reason underneath this is people who have trouble getting their relational circuits in their brain on uh, have trouble connecting relationally, period. <laughs> are also going to have the hardest time connecting relationally with God. So one of the reasons that we like to start with gratitude and appreciation and interactive gratitude and appreciation with people is to try to wake up the relational circuits in their brain. Uh, because getting the those, uh, what we call RCs, getting the RCs on uh, really makes it much easier to establish a connection. So a lot of times, when, uh, one of the obstacles that people run into is that they're trying to dive straight in to uh, an experience, and their brain isn't really fully uh, in a place to do that yet. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's the first typical obstacle we run into is is people um, are not have to wake up those uh, relational circuits. For people who are not sure, what do you mean by relational circuits? Uh, in Rear Leadership and other books, uh, Jim Wilder and I have laid out a four step level. I, you know, it's Jim's model. He came up with, I just named him. So the uh, level one is attachment. Level two is assessment. Level three is attunement. Level four is action, or it's the commander, the captain part of the brain. So we're saying is if your higher level are not online, it can be much harder to make this kind of connection. And so helping people um, get into that part of their brain first helps. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you were saying before, that um, a lot of times where we struggle in interpersonal relationships, we're going to struggle with our relationship with God because um, He is a person, and yes. uh, so this would be an obstacle in relationships. This would be an obstacle in inner healing, but also just normal, general, like everyday listening prayer too. Yeah, um, and so the, it's going to be the most common obstacle for just general listening prayer. Also, mm-hmm. is that I am not. The part of my brain that tunes into these things is offline. And if the part of my brain that tunes into these things is offline, it's going to be very hard. So to get into the brain science side of listening prayer, which could be a whole episode, right? Just the brain science, what's going on in your brain when you're practicing this. Uh, Again, Dr. Wilder calls this mutual mind. And that is that the level three, the attunement level of the brain, is, uh, uh, is the part that 
can experience mutual mind with somebody. So for instance, you and I make eye contact as we're sitting here. You can kind of read, you're like, okay, where are you going with this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you can kind of read, you know, uh, hey, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and and there's a lot of nonverbals that take place. Well, that is all happening at this level three part of your brain, which is the attunement. So if that part of your brain is kind of shut down because you're in overwhelm, uh, uh, it is much harder to connect uh, relationally with God or with anybody else until that gets uh, addressed. I like the analogy. I can't remember if it was Jim or Chris or who who uses it, but um, the analogy of uh, like tuning a radio or yeah. or your phone reception or, you know, getting your RCs on is like helping to tune that radio. It's not that God isn't speaking or, you know, isn't, yeah, isn't speaking to you. It, it's that there is... Um, you need to get yourself into a place. Exactly. To so receive. it's not that God isn't speaking, but sometimes we have to get that dial tuned in a little more uh, uh, accurately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Any other typical obstacles? Uh, well, um, the, one, that's the first one I look for. The second one would be a spiritual obstacle, okay. which would be like the, uh, and that is, is there something demonic getting in the way? So. Again, one of the things, uh, when I say demonic, I, I've, usually I've listened to their story by now, and I have some kind of idea of uh, uh, if they have situations in their past that would have opened the door to something demonic. And so a lot of times what happens is we have to bind something where we have to deal with something at a warfare level that then opens up the door for them to be able to make the connection. So there are times when the warfare has to happen first before you can get to the next step. Can you tell the quick story of when you were hiking with Ben and there was a snake? Ah, yes. So, uh, yeah, that's right. We were in the uh, uh, Cascade Mountains and visiting a family member who lived there at the time. And Ben was young, right? Mm -hmm. He was like seven or something like that. And we decided to go hiking in the trail and he got ahead of me and there was a log laying across the trail. And all of a sudden I had this flash in my head back to a sermon I had heard like 10 years before. And it was a sermon from a preacher from Alabama. And they, they, and he said how he was taught to always step on top of a log when hiking in the woods and then jump across because snakes like to sleep in the shade. Well, I've never run into a snake in the wild in my life. I didn't know anything about this, but for some reason, I think it's the Holy Spirit, right? That that story popped in my head and I yelled to Ben, hey, step on top of the log and jump. Don't just step over it. He did, I did, and then looked back and sure enough, there was a snake sleeping in the shade there. And I was like, well, why don't we get a walking stick? <laughs> you know, just in case, you know, we need something like this. And I've often used that story to illustrate the Christian's approach to spiritual warfare. And that is that we didn't go on a hike looking for snakes to go whack on the head, but we knew enough about snakes to know where they like to hang out. And so it's, you know, to look for them there in the same way. I'm not looking for a demon behind every bush, but I know where demons like to hang out. So when you listen to the story and you hear that they've got things in their story that typically attract demonic activity, you're like, you know what? Common sense tells us we might want to look into that a little bit and see if that needs to uh, be addressed. Now, I will also say on the other side of it, there are plenty of stories of people who connected with Jesus, and because of that, the warfare stuff got taken care of, and it's gone the other direction too. But I'm just saying I have had times where we had to do the warfare stuff first before we could establish a connection with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and whenever I hear stories of of having to deal with the warfare first, I feel like 
there is some element of of perspective correcting or healing happening of like it, it exposes where the enemy has been active and it, it's very when that happens it's very useful to the person to know oh that was the enemy <laughs> right you know? so one of the benefits of doing warfare and inner healing together is I uh, will liken it to putting the pearls against a black crushed velvet background, right? It makes those pearls really pop. So sometimes the warfare stuff provides that black background Then, so that when Jesus does the healing, it just pops all the more. The contrast between what the enemy was trying to do and what Jesus just did becomes all the more obvious. And uh, sometimes that can be helpful to people. Yeah. Well, and in cases of sin or you know whatever gave permission to the enemy to be there sometimes it's also helpful so that they know not to do that again or not to go you know they they have a better understanding of oh yes this is where the snakes like to hide um so it can be teachable so anyway that just came to mind as you were talking i just kept thinking about stepping on the the log so um all right any other spiritual obstacles yeah take a maybe a step deeper we talked last time i told the story about the ukrainian translator and a counterfeit jesus showing up well that might surprise some people because you're thinking well you asked for jesus you know if you ask for a fish he's not going to give you a snake and the answer is absolutely that's correct and because he's not going to give you a snake if a snake shows up you know where it came from mm-hmm. right and that was that was a demonic thing insertion to try to interrupt the process so um I have probably found over, this is just completely personal experience. I haven't done a study of it or anything like this, but I have found about 25% of the time, it feels like people end up with a counterfeit first. And the pattern that I've noticed in that, when I say a counterfeit of Jesus showing up and doing something, is uh, you notice a couple things. One is the Jesus who shows up is unhelpful or is making it worse. Right. Uh, um, or is often characteristic of the view of Jesus they had as a child. So, for example, I've seen people who had the, the, uh, the super, um, well, like this translator who saw the Ukrainian Orthodox pre show up. Well, as a little kid, she was not in that church and she saw it and it was a little bit spooky and scary to her. And so what showed up was sort of this spooky, scary part of it. I'm not saying that they are, mm-hmm. but from her perspective as a little uh, child, that's what it what it felt like. Yeah. I, so, so false Jesuses who show up, it's not a treatise on, oh, if, they, if it was this denomination, that means this denomination is demonic. Right. That's not what's happening. No, that's it's, not what's happening because I've had like a false Baptist, false Catholic, false Orthodox, false. I mean, that, mm-hmm. it's not a, an indictment of the whole denomination. It's saying, but their childhood Jesus, if you will, uh, was off. So like somebody had a legalistic Jesus showed up. Right. Well, that's going to be much more common in the denominations that tend to have a legalistic issue. Um, the craziest one was somebody uh, asked for Jesus to show up and literally saw a bug in like a white gown. And I'm like, that is the okay, just get, tell it to leave. Right? You know, so, <laughs> no we don't have to test that. Just tell it to leave. And But the backstory on that was that he had grown up in a home that saw Christianity as weird. It was an atheist home, right? Yeah, it was an atheist home that just saw Christianity as the weirdest thing ever. And so he grew up thinking of Jesus as the weirdest thing ever. And guess what showed up when he first asked for Jesus was this counterfeit thing that was really weird. So um, that's why I said there, there can be some benefit, actually, to having a counterfeit show up because you can actually correct something. It helps to... Create that correction in the scenario. So it's not that 
the enemy is, you know, winning a battle and getting in there and aha, stopped God from working, but God might allow the enemy to show up there because that is yeah. something that needs to get dealt with. The enemy may be trying to interrupt the process, but it's like in the end, God uses it for good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happens there. God is good. All right. Is that any other spiritual obstacles you want to cover or? Uh, that's probably enough for All right. For now. So, so what about from the prayer minister's side, what might be some obstacles? So there's, you know, like mistakes I've made, you know, trying to to help people. And there's common ones that, that happen. One of them is that you can, one of the mistakes I made, especially early on, was I would try to push the person to the most traumatic thing that had ever happened to them, right? Because I'm thinking, well, if we get the worst one out of the way, the rest will be easy. That's not always what God wants to do. And so there are times when I can push into something that the person isn't really ready to push into. So that's a common mistake that can happen and create problems. And and even honestly, trying to force that this is the the right thing to be doing right now. I was like, I met with one person who had a dramatic experience with Jesus. And the next time they showed up, I just assumed we were going to go to another memory and nothing was happening. And um, I remember partway through, I had this thought in my head that I, you know, took as being the Holy Spirit, which was... Uh, you know, this isn't the only tool you've learned. <laughs> and uh, and I kind of laughed. I realized that we we ended up actually going through and helping him get grounded in his identity in Christ in that session. It was like, he, there's more things that you can do with somebody. And so sometimes trying to force everything to fit into the, the common pattern uh, mm-hmm. can be a problem. When and, you find a tool that really works, right. there can be a temptation to be like, oh, I use this tool for everything. And yeah, that gentle it, reminder that, hey, you have a lot of good tools. Yeah, it's the yeah. hammer and the nail principle, right? It's like, I've got a hammer, now everything looks like a nail. And uh, that, that can be a temptation. And then there's this um, other problem of wanting to take control of a situation because I feel out of control. Mm-hmm. And so somebody starts to share something and I'm starting to get nervous and now I want to take control and, 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 and make this happen the way that I think it should happen. And that can take a variety of problems. Like I could make suggestions about, well, why don't you picture Jesus doing this, you know, and you, you want to stay away from uh, those kinds of, of, of things. So there's a lot more depth we could go into on this, but this is just kind of a, I call these kind of flesh reactions, that there are things that I do in my flesh to try to take control of the situation that aren't really being spirit-led. And those things can uh, can also get in the way and create problems. Well, this is a very uh, crash course yeah. and um, very good. So yeah, I really encourage anyone who wants to learn more, if you are a prayer minister, or you're interested in becoming a prayer minister, um, explore the the resources that um, dad mentioned at the beginning. And um, if you're really passionate about it, consider um, looking into the school of ministry and the prayer ministry certification. Uh, let's, let's draw back up into maybe a, a more, I don't want to say surface level, but like uh, <laughs> maybe more. We've ab- been in the deep end of the we've pool. Been a, I, yeah. yeah, we've been in a very, very deep end of the pool here. And, you know, at Deeper Walk, we have a lot of resources to help people who want to go deeper into that deep end of the pool. But um, for the everyday person, um, you have any practical insights yeah. here for... Well, if you think about these obstacles in your healing, if you stop and think about it, they're actually the obstacles we tend to run into with almost everything we're doing, trying to get close to God, trying to, you know, be more spiritual, be a better Christian, and that is our relational circuits are offline. And we're like, why can't I ever seem to connect with God? Well, a lot of times it's because I live my whole life with my relational circuits off and I need to learn how to 
uh, get those back on. You're like, well, how do I do that? Give me, you know, quick tools, cake, right? Curiosity, appreciation, kindness, eye contact. We have a whole lot of training on what to do with relational circuits. Um, same thing then with spiritual obstacles. Sometimes I'm stuck and I'm because I'm in bondage, I need a tool like the steps to freedom in Christ. I need to go get free from some things in my life. And so it's the, it's not just a, um, that these are obstacles to inner healing. These are things that can affect everything that we do. And same thing with, you know, the flesh, you know, the flesh by, by definition, basically is that part of me that doesn't trust God. And because it doesn't, there's some part of me that doesn't trust God when I don't, I've got only got one option. That is, I'm going to take control of this, right? And so you can see how that gets in the way of, of everyday things in our lives all of the time. So in a sense, I'm just taking our everyday obstacles that we run into, applying them to this. And I find this fairly typical with deep end of the, the pool issues, is that a lot of times what's happening when you're in the deep end of the pool is it's just making these everyday issues more dramatically clear, right? Because like everybody deals with this at some level, but in this case, it's just obvious that if we don't deal with that, we're not going to get anywhere. And so um, I think that those things uh, all connect. So if you felt like, hey, I'm not into, uh, I'm not doing this, I'm not, this is maybe a curiosity item. I think that there may be more relevance here than some of us think. Mm, Very good. Well, hey, we're coming up to the end of the episode. Any final thoughts? I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we will have much more, many more discussions in the future. Yeah. So uh, this actually is bringing us though to the uh, end of our series. So I just kind of want to wrap wrap up. We we move from resilience right into connecting with God as one of the ABCs of resilience to okay connecting with God and listening prayer to you know really connecting with God in our in our darkest moments and our darkest uh, memories. And realizing that all of these things, there's a natural progression here. One of the things that I've learned through the years is a lot of folks grow their intimacy with God through their emotional healing journey. And that is, you don't have to get past all of your emotional healing stuff before you can be close to God. A lot of times it is as you're pressing in to those places that are hard in your life and you're bringing Jesus into those specifically I look at it, you know, one of my favorite old stories is My Heart Christ Home. And it's this idea that uh, of thinking of my life as a house. And I've invited Jesus in and he lives with me, but there are rooms of my house where I've never brought him, right? It's like I, I haven't let him in here. And sometimes these points of pain in our past are like those rooms in my house where Jesus hasn't really been let in there yet. So, this is what we're we're talking about at some level is in discipleship. I want to be a wholehearted Christian. I want to be completely surrendered to God. I want to be all His. You're like, hey, what keeps me from getting there? Well, one of the obstacles that keeps us from getting there is that we have these rooms that Jesus hasn't been invited to yet. So it just makes sense that the more that we can build a connection with Jesus— in general, and the more that we can build a connection with Jesus in these specific rooms, that our walk is going to go deeper, and we're going to see more intimacy. And I don't have to be all the way through with my journey for that to begin happening. Huzzah and amen. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. 
We invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On the Trail podcast, leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.